Jesus, we bless you all. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. You're worthy of all our praise. You are magnificent. You are mighty to save. We love you, Lord Jesus. You know, I can't help but note that there is a sense of one accord in this room today. And that excites me because I think of that moment where the saints were gathered in the upper room and they were in one accord and the Holy Spirit was poured out on that place because their hearts were united in one accord. And I know we are on the precipice of great days in the life of C3 Silverwater because of the one accord, the spirit of humility, the spirit of a unity that binds us and unites us together. We're a body that want to glorify the great I am in our midst. I know we are on the precipice of great days, a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Greater things than these shall be done. Greater miracles, greater salvations, greater miraculous binding together of the brokenhearted shall we see in our midst in these days, in the earth, the dawn of a new day as we stand united in one accord, united with the great I am in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's thank Him in this place here today. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Why don't you take a seat here today? So good to be in the house of God. And I really want to thank the worship team today. I want to thank you because the sacrifice is real. The test is real in order to stand on this platform. It actually, I liken it to the test of being a pulpit minister. The responsibility and the heat that comes around the life to make sure that the heart is pure and upright. The test is real. I just want to salute you for that. Thank you for laying down and doing, enduring the test so that you could magnify God on this platform. You guys are awesome. We love you guys. So I'm going to bring a word here today called the partakers. And actually, we're going to end the service today by coming around communion here together. And, you know, I, I believe that if there's one thing that will genuinely make a difference for our 2017, it is to be a partaker of Christ. And I'm going to unpackage that for us here this morning. Hebrews 3.14 says, For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance firm until the end. So I'm going to preach here this morning and then later on my cue I'm going to ask the team to distribute the emblems. Not yet, just take a seat team and later in the message today we'll we'll distribute the emblems and come around communion together here today. But you know being a partaker is conditional. It says in the scripture, the Amplified Version says, if only we hold our first newborn confidence and original assured expectation. Well, I believe in the presence of God, our expectation of God's goodness and faithfulness in our life is renewed. And I feel that that's happened already in this place this morning. As we've stood in worship, it's like the veil is lifted off our faith. The doubt and and the apprehension and the exhaustion, all of those things are lifted and fall to the floor as we stand under the presence and power of God, as he refills and refreshes us in in the beautiful house of God, in the presence of God we rediscover our first confidence, our first confidence in who Christ is. You know, we are partakers of Christ in this place today. And Christianity is is not a spectator sport. It's not something to be attended, not something to be observed, but taken in and taken on and outworked in our lives. It's active. In fact, um, partake means to take part in or experience something along with others. 
to have a portion as of food or drink, to possess or share a certain nature or attribute to take part in. And I think for me, to take part is to ingest. It's like Christ himself permeates the essence of who we are. He enters our soul. He enters our heart. He enters our mind. And it changes the outworking of who we are. It literally changes the shape of who we are as we partake of Christ. You know, Psalm 107.9 says, For he satisfies the parched throats and fills the hungry appetite with what is good. And as we partake of Christ in this place today. I pray your hearts would be strengthened. I pray your minds would be clear and would be renewed. Anxiety would fall to the side. Depression would fall to the side. And the truth of who Christ is would would cut through, cut through all of that and revive you in this place today as you receive a fresh Christ in this place today as your hope would be restored. You know, um, my little girl wrote me a letter over this Christmas period and I think... The evidence of being a partaker in my world is articulated in her little letter. You know, um, kids are are like a great reality readout, aren't they? They just tell it as it is. They they cut straight to it. And she wrote me this beautiful letter. She said, Dear Mum, I really appreciate your love and kindness last year. She's 10 years old. She's an absolute sweetheart. I would like to spend more time before the holidays end. I would really like to push myself this year with my ballet. Libby, you'll appreciate that. Libby's dance teachers over here. I hope this year I will see you smile a lot more than last year. I understand that being a pastor means a lot of responsibility. Hoping this year will be a great year. May God bless you always. Love you so much, bing bong. That's what we call each other when we're being cheeky with each other. Love you, bing bong. Love Sienna. Um, But, you know, it's the line that says, I hope to see you smile more this year. I appreciate that there is great responsibility in being a pastor. Now, for me, the evidence of partaking of Christ will mean that I will smile more in 2017. If I could just put it in a nutshell, actually, that's what it looks like in my life. It will look like the weight of responsibility being transferred from my assumption that I need to carry it and reflect it onto the one who is mighty and able to carry all these things. And and my heart will be light and I'll find joy and pleasure in the business of building the house of God. And I will smile more in 2017. Amen. Who would like to smile a bit more in 2017? You know, pouring out, building, tithing, serving, sacrificing, loving, representing Christ. These are all active outworkings of our inward revelation. Uh, There is an evidence of the partakers, you know, and, um, you know, partaking, it it doesn't... I've been around some beautiful people and you can just feel it when you're in their midst. They're a partaker of Christ. They know Christ. In fact, the end of last year, I found myself in Darlene Check's office. Darlene Check is a world-renowned worship leader and a beautiful, humble woman. And I'd gone with Pastor Chris to her church uh, for a women's night, which Pastor Chris was speaking at. And I walked into the green room that night, which is actually her office, but doubles as a green room where the pastors wait before they go and speak. And the atmosphere of that office is like nothing I've ever felt before. The tangible peace and presence of God in that room. And I thought to myself, she's a partaker. 
I can feel the evidence of his presence, even in this humble room where she works and meets with him. But actually something that touched me even more than the atmosphere of that office was just the kindness and the love that she showed our team. She was so present. She could be preoccupied with so many things, but she poured love into each and every one of us. She saw us. She was present to be with us. Darling Czech is a partaker. The evidence of Christ is in her. Does anybody remember when Dr. Yonggi Cho came to our Oxford Falls location? I think it was the start of last year. This little, gentle, humble man stood at the pulpit. He didn't even move. Do you remember? It was like literally completely still. It was, it was amazing, Brad. You should have seen it like the whole time. But the humility and the the evidence of Christ in his life and the great miracles that he's seen and he talked as he was preaching that night I was literally sitting there as he was standing here and it touched me so much he talked about how he would open his mouth and and God would fill him in his prayer times literally receive God in as he devoted with him and as he spent time in prayer Dr. Yonga Cho pastor of the biggest church on the planet is without a doubt a partaker of Christ Kathy Ashford partaker of Christ, right? The, the breakthrough and the power and the anointing and the authority that comes is because of, it is actually because of pain and prayer intermingled. Pain and prayer, prayer born out of pain, praying for her family, praying for the house of God, interceding, intervening, carving a path in the floor as she prayed for the house of God. She's a partaker. She's a partaker of Christ. There is an evidence that she is a partaker and she delivers it here every Sunday. I'm so grateful. Mark Kelsey, the revelator from our Oxford Falls location, partaker of Christ, amazing man. Sarah G, there you are, girl, anointing on her, revelation and insight that flows out of her heart, just in conversation even, she's a partaker of Christ. The evidence is there. Dorian Sarkisian, Hagop, Sienna Taylor, my own 10-year-old daughter, when I watch her stand in worship and I watch her communion, 10-year-old kid, it touches my heart so much. She is a partaker of Christ, even at this young age. Tammy Calvert, great woman of revelation, great steadfastness. Dave Banner, many times I look from this platform out and I watch him and worship and I think, wow, he's a partaker. He's a partaker of Christ. Vivian Uardier, that rocket ship breakthrough anointing, that power that's in her comes from heaven above. It's faith ignited because she's a partaker of Christ. Yvonne Fowler, the steadfastness, even as she walks through a cancer journey, the ability to give out even in the midst of great suffering because she's a partaker. June DeQuilla, who even if she's worshipping from the back of the room, the sound and the atmosphere of that worship fills the auditorium. Little June, love her heart of worship. Scotty Linda, great powerhouse. Tim Christenat, great heart after God. Alicia Elsinger, humble and sweet and devoted many times I find her on the altar. She is a partaker of Christ. You know, being a partaker is not reserved for elite Christians, but it does define them. It marks them. There is the evidence of those that receive and take a hold of Christ. It marks them when you step into their sphere of influence, when they speak with you, when they embrace you, you feel something not born of man, but born of heaven that's in their midst because they have taken of Christ himself and it's entered their soul and it permeates. It's like it's marked on their fingerprints and when they put their hand on you, it's like heaven touches you. Heaven's heart touches you. 
because it's not just born of man, it's born of heaven. Partakers of Christ, imprinting Christ in their sphere of influence in Jesus' mighty name. You know, there were plenty of religious spectators around Jesus as he roamed the earth in his days of ministry. But many of the religious had a veil over their eyes and they did not see him. They did not partake of Christ. And it says in Matthew 16, 15 to 17, actually Peter saw Christ. And it says in the scripture, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I love Peter so much. I love him because he is such a man of flesh as much as a man of God. And he swings like a pedestal between great revelation and great moments of humanity. And in just a few chapters later, in Matthew 26, 22 to 23, it says, Then Peter took him aside to speak to him privately and began to reprove and charge him sharply, saying, God forbid, Lord, this must never happen to you. Christ has just declared of his sacrifice that is coming. But Jesus turned away from Peter and said to him, Get behind me, Satan. You are in my way, an offense and a hindrance and a snare to me, for you are minding what partakes not of the nature and quality of God, but of men. The tension is always going to be between what the Father reveals to us and what is the nature of men. And Peter wrestled with this, and so do I. I can so relate to Peter. I'm part neat, peace and quiet, loving, introvert, and part trailblazing, <laughs> pioneer for the kingdom of heaven. I feel like a walking contradiction. <laughs> I find my, I get exhausted socially but my heart is like so to advance the house of God and one of my very human wrestles would definitely be impatience you know for the <laughs> oh my goodness for the fulfillment of all that I feel and carry in my heart for this house and for its people and for this city and for Christ poured out over this city I, I get impatient but, you know, thankfully, um, the anointing covers and completes me and calms me and guides me and helps me to navigate. You know, the anointing is a powerful thing. It, it covers, it enhances the good and it bridges my shortfalls every single day. Under the anointing, God gives me exceeding grace, insight and patience. It's like he slows me down. Part of my nature just would be going a thousand miles an hour every day. But when I'm in the presence of God, I actually stop and still. And there's something about the wonder of who he is that completely eclipses me. And I'm not going anywhere. Many times I've found myself on this altar and people are filing out and the service is complete and the band just continue to play. And I'm just captivated as I stand on this altar and there, it's like I'm anchored to the ground. There is nothing in me that could move. I'm just so completely filled with wonder for him and his presence and his anointing that comes when we still ourselves, when we wait on him. You know, it's from a place of rest that I hear the voice of the shepherd. I have clarity. I'm present to see people. I'm at ease. It's like all my human kinks are subdued. 
under the anointing and I feel at ease. I feel content. I feel at peace. I have exceeding grace for the, those around me. It calms me. It, it makes me a way better person than I am on my own. You know, Jesus partook of the Father. He showed us how. He withdrew to the hillside. He was found in the house of God and he did what the Father revealed to him. This was the path which he walked. You know, Pastor Hartley presented a great message last Sunday morning for him and Rhonda and I have talked about it a lot through the week and he asked us, he commissioned us, what would that one thing be that you would do for Christ this year? And I felt the Lord speaking to me as I've come into the beginning of this year and asking me to do something for him. And if there's one thing that I'm doing for him this year, I just feel him asking me many times, just come and sit with me. And I feel this great sense of longing from him for me to still myself and put all distraction aside and just come and sit with me. Almost like he's beseeching me, come and sit with me. Not even to profess loud prayers or lift up my voice, just to commune with him in his presence. Come and be with me. Come and sit with me. This year, that's what I'm going to do for him. That's my one thing. I'm going to come and be with him. You know, when I was a little girl, um, I was always busy and preoccupied and focused. And my mum would say to me, if I came to her for a hug when I was very small, three or four years old, she would drop everything because she's like, Nat has made time to come and, to come and see me, to be with me. It seems that some things have never, haven't changed. She'd literally put everything aside and she'd pick me up and she'd embrace me. I seemed to get very focused and on a mission and it seems that that thing has never changed. But this year, when I feel that calling aside, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come and be with him. I'm going to come and sit with him and find that place, that still place. We are partakers of grace. Paul writes in Philippians 1.77, For it is only right for me to feel this way about you all, because I have you in my heart, since both in my imprisonment and in the defence and confirmation of the gospel, you are, are partakers of grace with me. Paul in this story is imprisoned. He is cut off from the outside, yet he is fully connected on the inside. He is fully connected to the church. He's fully connected to Christ, even though his physical circumstances are about as low as they possibly could be because he was a partaker of Christ and Christ's grace. The church was still alive on the inside him. Christ was still burning bright on the inside of him. He saw himself very connected to to the church he was writing to. He was a partaker of the grace just as was his audience that he was writing to. He saw himself on the front line, even from a prison cell, he saw himself on the front line. He saw himself championing on the church, writing those letters from in that prison cell. He had them in his heart. He carried them in his heart. Now I want to encourage you, if you find yourself in prison-like circumstances, if Christ is alive on on the inside of you, beyond 
beyond the powers of any oppression or suppression or bondage of Christ is on the, alive on the inside of you. Let me tell you, it prevails, even earthly or physical circumstances. It prevails. And the power of Christ on the inside of you is the greatest force on earth. And it will cut through even those physical circumstances and prevail across them. And his God's sovereignty will be seen. You know, my dad, when he was just 46 years old, he had a terrible heart attack, actually for quite a young man. And he found himself needing a triple bypass and he found himself in hospital. And when his father, my grandfather, came to visit my dad when he was in his most vulnerable posture, lying on his, on his back in a lot of pain, recovering, my grandfather said to him, Ian, it's all over for you now. You will never work again. And he spoke these potent words over him. But can I tell you, because Christ was alive on the inside of my father, it was never over for him. In fact, he went on and studied teaching and he uh, actually taught for 14 years. In his 50s, actually, he got his teaching degree, went back to study. He taught for 14 years, a total of 420 students. He went to China with my mum for two years and trained um, house church leaders in that nation. And he chose to be a partaker and not a spectator. And he let the power of Christ resurrect him up out of those circumstances, resurrect his career, resurrect his body, and produce great fruit in his life. Why don't we thank Jesus in this place here today? I'm going to ask uh, the service host just to begin to distribute the emblems here today. In a moment, we're going to come around communion together. We're going to receive a representation of the body, a representation of the blood. We're going to partake of Christ in this place here today. And I'm just going to talk about one more personality we've heard from Peter, we've heard from Paul. We're going to hear from Jacob as we come around communion here today. Now, Jacob found himself at a threshold. He was returning to the land of his father. He needed to win back the trust of his brother. He had sent ahead of him gifts, camels, cows, his family, all in the hopes to re recover the relationship with his brother, which had been severed because Jacob had betrayed his brother. And what happened in this moment is the angel of the Lord came to him in the night and wrestled with Jacob until daybreak. And Jacob said, I will not let go of you until you bless me. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And, you know, that, that moment is so powerful that Jacob determined not to let go. And many times I think the tipping point of our circumstances is when we make a conviction in our heart, I will not let go of the Lord. I will not let go of the Lord. Even though I wrestle in the dark of night, even though my family may reject me, even though my life has been tested and tried, I'm determined in my heart, I will not let go of the man of God until you bless me. And I pray that there would be a fire in your heart this year as you step into this year, the expectation would arise in your heart to see a blessing poured out on your household. There is no such great dysfunction as Jacob. If there was hope for Jacob, let me tell you, there is hope for recovery for you and your family. And it says in Genesis 32, 27, the man asked him, what is your name? And in shock of realization, whispering, he said, Jacob replied, supplanter, schemer, 
trickster, swindler. So when we take a hold of Christ, when we take a hold of perfection, it illuminates the truth of our imperfection. And Jacob had a wow moment. He saw the truth of his humanity in that moment as he took a hold of perfection. His imperfection was seen and he saw he had a mirror moment and he saw as he held the man of God. But I love verse 28. And he said, your name shall be called no more Jacob, supplanter, but Israel, contender with God, for you have contended and have power with God and with men and have prevailed. He went from supplanter to contender with God. He became a partaker of Christ and it changed the essence of who he was. And let me tell you, as you take of the emblems, as you take of Christ, it literally changes the essence of who you are, where there is vulnerability, where there is downfall, where there is flaw, where there is fray. He comes in and he changes the essence of who we are. As we take a hold of Christ, his life flows through our veins, recovering the essence of who we are, recovering our soul, recovering our identity and our strength in Christ. You know, Jacob was a man who took a hold of his brother's heel in his mother's womb. He stole his brother's blessing in his own strength. He walked double hard to receive his two wives. But as we partake of Christ, there is an exchange, our earthly nature, for his supreme nature, our earthly fall for his supreme greatness and beauty and strength. He became one rather than one who manipulated men, one who contended with God. And I would encourage us this year, rather than moving our circumstances in our own strength and supplanting as Jacob did. Sometimes we assume the license over the circumstances of our life and we invest our energy and we strive and we strain in our own humanity to change things which we don't have the authority to power to change. But let me tell you, when you rather graduate into the wrestling ring where you contend with God rather than with man, contend with God rather than in your own humanity and strive efforts trying to shift and change things that you're not authorized to change can I encourage you this year to invite the great I am into your wrestling ring contend with God for your circumstances this year let the power of God be released in your circumstances this year don't be contained by the present cell let Christ alive let him arise on the inside of you and see how he will move see how the rivers of life will pour forth in your circumstances Circumstances this year. You're better, you're greater, you're worth it, you deserve it, you deserve it, you deserve it. Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world in Jesus' mighty name. Why don't you stand right across this room? We're going to sing this song. And as the band just begins to sing it over you, and you, as you stand with your cup and your bread, why don't you partake in your own time? Take a moment to commune with Him. Take a moment to pour your heart out to Him. Let this communion be your moment. With the great I am, He waits for you. He sits with you right now.